Okay, here we go. Parshas Akev, Tavshin Pei Beis. Uh, just scheduling note next week, I'll be uh, traveling by the Shem back to Eretz Yisrael uh, after uh, a summer here in camp. So uh, there won't be a shear next week. Uh, there's really no night that I could give it. And uh, Hashem, the following we will pick up with Parsha Shoftim, uh, back in Eretz Yisrael in Chodesh Elul. Uh, so here, though, we have Parshas Akev. All of these Parshas have so much to do with Eretz Yisrael, have so much to do with uh, Moshe Rabbeinu giving chizik for now and for the future after he is no longer there. And uh, let's get into some of the uh, ideas that the Torah tells us here in Parshas Akev. And we start with the beginning, Akev, Ahaya Akev Tishma'un. And the word Akev, as we know, has a lot of different uh, meanings and connotations. Uh, Rashi already quotes, Bahaya Akev Tishma'un, Im HaMitzvos HaKalos, Shadam Dosh Ba'akevav Tishma'un. The mitzvos that a person tramples, the mitzvos that are light, and a person tramples with their heels, Tishmon, listen, Akev Tishmon, listen to the mitzvahs of Akev, says uh, Rashi. The Rabban notes Akev means Ba'avur, Kemo Ba'avur, like uh, Akev, because of your listening to these laws, uh, Hashem will keep his promise and give you da da da. The Rabban continues similar, Vachain, Akev Asher Shama Avraham Bikoli. So the Ramban and Rashi, uh, one has more of a drush, as we know. <laughs> Rashi and the Ramban uh, explains what uh, Akev means in his mind, Ba'avur. If you look into the Babacher Rebbe, in the first source of the Gutnik, um, Chumas, he quotes both of these ideas. The word Akev literally means because or as a result of, right, as the, uh, the Ramban says. A further meaning is heal. In the context of our verse, this has two implications. What does it mean, heal? Number one, <laughs> that we should be careful in observing in the relatively minor commandments, which we might be tempted to trample on with one's heels. But I might add, mitzvos that uh, are taken for granted and not focused on by by um, by many people out there. Right? The Rabbi Yudah Chassid and the Sefer Chassidim calls a part of Torah that nobody focuses on a mace mitzvah. Mitzvah is a person who needs to be buried that nobody else is being involved in it. So parts of Torah, he quotes the third parak of Moikatan um, and other areas of Torah that nobody's learning. He says, you have to learn them. You have to learn them because it's a mace mitzvah. Nobody else is learning them. Mayor Shapiro, I think, also quoted this when he was talking about the Dafayomi idea that every part of Torah should be learned. There shouldn't be any part of Torah that is, that is left aside, but it also applies to mitzvahs too. If there's a mitzvah that nobody is doing, we have to try to be extra makbid to, uh, to fulfill that mitzvah as well. So that's number one. Akev, even the mitzvahs that people trample on and, and do, doesn't get their due doesn't get their due, so that is something that we have to try to make sure that we take care of. But then he says, Akev also, B'derech of the Rebbe, Akev has to do with Ikvisa de Mashiach. Our sages referred to the period immediately preceding Mashiach as the heel of Mashiach. The heel, what does that mean? It means that all of Jewish history is, uh, if we could, could think about a body, and the avos, and the earlier was the head, and as we get further, maybe Kabbalah Satora was the heart, and we continue, and now we're all the way at the bottom. We're all the way at the bottom, just like the heels, with the last stages, the last stages of, the, of history. Thus explained that Samach said that our verse alludes to the pre-Messianic period when the Jewish people will eventually listen to these laws and return to God, right? Akev Tishmun, even in the Akev, in the Doros of Akev, the Ikvas of the Meshichah, B'nai Yisrael are going to listen. What is the connection, asked the Lubavitcher Rebbe, between the interpretations of the easy mitzvos that we trample on or the mitzvos that are, that are not 
appreciated and the ikvas of the Mashiach. Explains the Lubavitcher Rebbe. The absence of the base Hamigdash clearly has a detrimental effect on the spiritual health of the Jewish people. Right? If we have a Mikdash, then we'd all be much more inspired. In temple times, the spiritual core of Judaism was easily accessible, and people found it simple to maintain an inspired and meaningful connection to their creator. When there was a base Hamigdash, Right, then it was easier to be focused, easier three times a year. Right, we come we'll all come up to Yerushalayim. Even more than that, we come and bring our Meister Behema and bring our Meister Shani to Yerushalayim. Right, there was there was it was uh, easier to focus. In times of exile, however, it's a struggle merely to sustain a basic observance of the mitzvahs. Never mind attaining a spiritual appreciation of them. You go around the world, there's just so many people that are unaffiliated, so many people that are uninspired and, and not connected. So that's, that's part of Gaulus. Nevertheless, explains the Lubavitcher Rebbe, there's an actually a unique advantage. Right, it's not a good thing. We wouldn't daven or, or dream or, or hope for this, but the reality is there's an advantage to living in an uninspired exile Judaism, which, again, and this is even in Eretz Yisrael, where we still don't have a Migdash, which the spiritually nourished people of the Temple era did not possess. What? For ultimately, it is we who demonstrate true commitment to Jewish values, for we remain dedicated to God despite the fact that we are not easily inspired to love Him and fear Him. In the days of the Migdash Mela, there was a higher expectation. But now, if we serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu with these challenges, in this uninspired door, in this door that we were, it's so much more challenging to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu, so Lufum Tzara Agra, we might say. We do not see Hashem or feel Hashem, for our generation is merely the heel of spiritual sensitivity. We're so far, we're the Ikvasa de Meshicha. We're so far from the source. But that's also our advantage. We serve Hashem independent of our own feelings of inspiration. And that is the hallmark of genuine commitment. Even though we're not inspired, we do it. And we serve, even though we're not feeling fully connected. Thus, says the Lavitcher Rebbe, finishing up, having reached the Ikvas of the Mashiach, we no longer wish to trample upon the minor commandments. Right? We don't, um, we're not focusing on the, on those Shatan Dafash Bakevav. For the distinction between minor and major is only significant for those who appreciate and understand the word true worth of these mitzvahs. Right? In the days of old, they could understand what are the mitzvahs that are chashev and not chashev. Even though it says in Perke Yavos, Matan, and Shal Mitzvahs, and therefore you have to do all of them. But we, all the mitzvahs for us, are serving HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We're not machalik, but if we do them, if we do them, so then, uh, our greatness is our simple faith, because we don't know the lumdis behind every mitzvah, but we serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu even in the story of Ikvas of the Mashiach, and that itself gives Hashem a special nachas uh, that, that we have. But again, the message for us is, sometimes you know we're in a, a situation which is challenging, and we, we wish we were in a different situation, or we dream of another situation, whether it's a different door, right? but this door has its challenges. HaKadosh Baruch Hu knows the uh, technologically advanced and the, and the, and the, and the iPhones. And Kodesh Baruch knows this door. And he's expecting us and wants us to serve him in this door, in this door, however much we, we, uh, we serve and using whatever we can to serve him with and to learn with and to spread Torah with, with all of the challenges that, uh, that come with it. But Kodesh Baruch has not us from that. And therefore, in this Ikvisa, in this Akev generation that we find ourselves we have to try to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu with all of our with all of our might and with all of our heart. Okay, moving right along. So we have here at the beginning <laughs> Moshe Rabbeinu continuing his pep talk 
from Rosh Chodesh Shvat until Zion Adar. So first, the Torah tells us, a little bit later on, Moshe Rabbeinu is continuing in Jewish history, Ki Tomar Bilvavcha, Pasuk Yitzayin, Rabim HaGoyim Ha'elamimani, these, these goy in these nations are so many. Right? If you say that they're, 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 so, they're so vast, how am I going to be able to, to go into Eretz Yisrael and to defeat them? Don't fear them. Remember what Hashem did to Paro. The miracles. Right? All of these are, are the uh, referencing Right, different. The osos, Rashi says, remember the nachash, the, the, the nachash turned into a, uh, a stick, and remember the blood. And vahamovsim, that's the makos. And remember the yadachazaka. And the zoranatuya is makos bechoros. Remember all of these. Hashem will do that for all the nations that you fear. So, Hashem will also send the, uh, the sira, some type of little bird, that the sherat sa'of, Rashi says, that... that uh, that uh, shoots out a certain type of uh, liquid. Okay. Don't fear them. Hashem is with you. Right, that's, um, that's what HaKadosh Baruch Hu says. So interesting, the first part of the Pazak says, don't fear them. Right, don't fear them. And then it says, Hashem will uh, do as he did for you in the past, he'll do for all the nations that you fear. So, which is it? Do we, don't fear them, and he's just saying, the Metzius, that you're going to fear them, but we're not supposed to fear them. Right? The Torah should be idealistic, so to speak. Don't fear them, and I'm going to help you out for those who maybe you would have wanted to fear, but I told you not to fear. So, how exactly are you supposed to understand the Psukim, Pasig Yuzayin, and Pasig Yutes? That's the question of the Bas Ayin. The Avrecher says the Bas Ayin in source number two, Originally, it says, don't fear them. There's no fear there. I will, Hashem will do to all of those. Number one. Don't fear from them. And then it says later on, Hashem will do... Uh, all the miracles from the nations that you fear, Mipnehem. What's the difference here between Mayhem and Mipnehem? So he quotes Alderech Emes, Alderech the uh, Hasidic Drush uh, as the Bas Ayin as we are going to going to have. Ulahavin Kolze, here we go. Hine Kolha Olam Mikabum Shefa Al Yede Yisrael. All Bracha in the world. This is based on Gemaras. Well, bracha in the world comes through B'nai Yisrael. Hashem, we are the chosen nation. HaKadosh Baruch Hu obviously has a connection to all nations of the world. He chose us to be the Arla Goyim based on what our forefathers did. Our forefathers brought HaKadosh Baruch Hu into the world. So Hashem said, okay, you're going to be my messengers. You're going to be my messengers to the world. So all bracha comes through them. Just like the Gemara says, all bracha of the world goes through Eretz Yisrael. Right? So, Kol Olam Mekablam Shefa Adei Yisrael. Ukashi Yisrael Pogame. If we have a certain midah that, that we're not perfect in, that we should be better in, as I take if yonek mizeh osa uma, hamachuvan neged osa midah mehasheva midos. If we do not perfect a certain midah, then another nation will get it. The power of that midah 
will go to another nation. Their koach, it comes from us, but we should perfect that midah and then be mashpia on the world around us. But if we are short in our in our avoda in that midah, so then that koach goes from us to the other nations. Umakabal chayis haplimius mizeh. And they get a chiyas from that nation. And they could even use it against us. We have to be so careful, says the Bas Ayin, in terms of perfecting who we are. Not only will we uh, are affecting above in Shemayim by not perfecting ourselves, but also that koach of the Midah will go to the will go to the other nations. And he says that's what's alluded to in these psukim on a deeper level. If you say in your heart, this was the beginning section, right, these nations are great. Mimeni. What's mimeni? Pirish ki mashma balashon asher. Right, asher here means that. Pirish. Kishatomar, when you say, Vitavin, if you understand, Echshirabim, Hagoyim, Elami, Meni, if you understand the greatness and the power of any nation out there is, Mimeni, is from me, is from Am Yisrael. Rabim, Hagoyim, Elami, Meni, I have the power. Shiribui, Vagavus, Vachayus, Hagoyim, Elami, Enam, Kiim, Mimeni. The other nations get great. When Bnei Yisrael aren't great, it's similar to what are, are going, going way back, right? Back in Sefer Bereishis, Ula Om Mil Om Ye'ematz V'Rav Ya'avot Sa'ir, right? When one goes up, one goes down. They're not both up at the same time. It's an inverse relationship. So when we understand that, Kisomar Bilvavcha Rabim Hagayim Ela Mimeni, you realize it's Mimeni. Hainu Shekibul Chayis Pinim Yisraelahem Who Rak Mi Pagam Yisrael. It's what Bnei Yisrael negatively were affected. This should drive us to be perf- uh, gain perfection in all of the midos. So again, when you see Rabbi Ma'el Gil Mimeni, so Lo Sira Mayhem, don't fear them. Why? Because it's up to us. Kiim Lo Yekabel Koach Vachias Ayedei Hapagam Hamidos May Ainiel Am Koach. They won't have those. They won't have those those powers. It's all up to us. Hakadosh Baruch Hu says our history and our destiny of the Jewish people is in the hands of the Jewish people. If we perfect ourselves, then not only do we perfect ourselves, then the other nations don't have those midos, those powers to use against us. Lo siramehem ki im lo yikabel koach achiz ay pagam amidus me'ayn yelam koach k'moshe kasov asa hashem lakecha lafar lachom mitzrayim kein yasa hashem lakecha lachol amim shato yarei mipneim pirish shekein asa lachol haamim hashem already did asher ato yarei mibechinas lifneihem pneihem. What's that word again? I'll direct you. She says. Pnimius shelohem, pnimius shelohem. Shalei kablu achayus pnimius. I de pagama mido shel Yisrael. So the me many or mayhem don't from them. So this lifnehem for their pnimius says that's that's what you don't have to worry about. Vyesbatlu vyisrael yishkol navetach baartsam b'meher v'yamenu amen ken yihiratzon amen. So the Bas Ayin has a deeper level of interpretation of these psukim. Where the chizuk that Moshe Rabbeinu was giving to Klai Yisrael is saying that it's all in your control. It's all in your control. You don't have to fear. If you're perfecting the different powers that Hashem put into the world, then it's all up to you and you don't have anything to, to, uh, to worry about.
Moving right along as we continue. Peraches. Peraches. Kola mitzvah, Sharanochim, Mitzavcha, Yom Tishmun, Lasos, do all the mitzvahs. Zacharites, Kola Derech, remember all the history, the 40 years that you have been in the Midbar, says Moshe Rabbeinu. Lamana Noscha, Lanasoscha, Ladas, it was all part of the testing. Testing your character as a sherbel vavcha, a sister mitzvah of imlo. Vayancha, vayarivecha, right? You were hungry, vayachilcha, zaman said shaloyadata, vayadunabosecha. And Hashem gave you the man, Hashem gave you the man, laman hodiacha, to let you know, ki loa lechem levado, yechiyeha adam, ki alkom motzafi Hashem yechiyeha adam. Right? The man teaches us that Hashem's in charge. Hashem's in charge. Hashem decides there should be man, there'll be man. Simlas chalav also mi'alecha. Barak l'chavat seicha. Your clothes grew with you. V'yadatim l'vavecha. And you know, you know, this is the passage that we're going to focus on. Ki ka'asher yiyasar ishas b'no, Hashem l'kecha mi'asrecha. Right? Like a father is mi'yasar, uh, his son, and the father teaches and even sometimes causes pain to a child to teach him something or says a no says a no to a child, Hashem al-Kechem Recognize that the no's are for our benefit. Right? Even though it doesn't, we can't feel it at that time. Again, the Ramban says, musr. Sometimes it'll be difficult uh, for, uh, in a certain certain regard, because Hashem will have to, pun- to uh, give us musr. Yaser ben Chaki ish tikva v'alam yiso. Ken Hashem al-Kechem Hashem is miyaseros in order for the ultimate, for the ultimate uh, good. Says the Tosefes Bracha. Says the Tosefes Bracha, the Baal Torah Tamima. Kavanas HaDvarim. Let me give a deeper idea about this uh, mashal, this comparison of like a father to a son, so to Hashem. Kipo Tisbo Yisurim. Whenever anybody has difficulty in life, and there are so many different types of difficulties, Rachman HaLitzlan, difficult saris, which we also mourn, should we also mourn uh, being in Gaulus? Because when we have a base amygdala, there'll be refuah, refuah for refuah haguf, refuah sanefesh, the physical um, ailments and the mental ailments. Lo techashev. So when a person is having any of these isurin, we should try to think, ki heima boim alecha belotachlis umatur. We shouldn't think that there's purposelessness and there's no reason and there's just hefker in the world. If I don't think there's an order, if I don't think there's a balabayas in the world, that makes it so much more difficult. Right? I think if you look at the past couple of years, you know, throughout the corona, you know, if, if we don't think there's somebody in charge, so then it's just the world is just chaos, and the world is no direction, and there's no, and there's no purpose, and the world is just falling apart. But we have to realize, Really, everything is for our good, personally and nationally and universally. Like a father specifically, he says no to a child. He wants to teach the child a lesson. Obviously, the father does not want the child to be in pain. It's all for the good of the child. Just ruach, but just because we, we have a shortened, uh, short-sightedness, right? we're, we're uh, nearsighted. Ain't no mavens, it's hard for us to understand this. We don't have a long-term view. Venidma, Lord, appears. Ki We just think it's bad. Something happened. Somebody was nifter. And we think it's bad because what good could there be? What good could there be? How could this be part of the divine plan? But the halach acknowledges that. When a tragedy happens, we do say dayan ha'emes. 
We don't say, as the Gemara says in, in Psachim Tafnun, that uh, uh, in the future we're going to say Hatova Metav on everything, because we're going to realize everything is part of the divine plan. But now, as human beings, we are, we are, fi- we are finite and we have limited vision. And therefore, we say Dayana Emes, Ava Bishala Emes, Ein Hara Ra'a, even though, in truth, Right? There's no ra'ah. It's not Shemuel's ra'os. Rachlamara ayin, ksara, nireis kain. But that's why we have to take this pasik. This pasik has to be Rachmanulistan. There's so many people that are going through difficult times in all different areas of life. So we have, this has to be a chizik to, to each of us and to, and to all of those. Kikasher yasser ishes beno Hashem elokecha miyasreka. All Yisurin are a fa- like a father to a son. We can't understand it. Just like the son can't always understand it. And he quotes. He quotes that Gemara Psachem that I just quoted. Right, on Besoros Tovos, we say one bracha. Why is one Besora, one Shmua? Good question, not for now. What does that mean? Our imagination, we don't understand everything. We think something is raw. We'll see, right, the Tzlach there quotes this idea also on that Kamar Msachim. Kigama Ra, he tachlis tova, will realize ultimately it's for the good. They've quoted in the past the, the um, story about the Ramban. The Ramban uh, writes that. One time, Rahman al-San, he had a Talmud that uh, was very, very ill, and he saw he wasn't going to live so much longer. So the Ramban gave him, gave him a petak, and he put it in his hand. He said, you hold this. He says, this petak, he says, there, there are some questions that I have about, about the world, and uh, this petak will allow you to get into all the gates upstairs. And just, you know, please ask these questions and come back to me and let me know what the, uh, what the story is. Again, this is the Ramban. Uh, and Kachave, the, the, the Talmud was Nifter, and, and uh, the Talmud eventually came back to the Ramban in a dream, and the Ramban says that he came, and the Talmud says, yes, I got through, I was able to get through this shar, and that shar, and this room, and this area, he says, and then I was about to ask all of your questions that, uh, that you wrote on the paper, but I looked around, and I realized there were no more questions, because everything was so clear. And everything, as the Gemara says, Olam Hafachu, there are no more questions. I can't give you any answers, Mori Virabi the Ramban, because I can't give you answers if there are no questions. And that's what the Ramban said, that we don't know what that state is, but we believe that there is a state that there will be no more questions, because everything will be clear, and that's Kikasher Yasser Ishas Beno. And that is why we even say, he says, we say in the Tefillah of Berchaz HaChodesh, Chaim Shetamali Mishalos Libenu Litova. So what do you mean Litova? Of course, our mishalos libenu are latova. Kibavadai, mishalos libo shel haadam ulatova. Obviously, we're asking for the good. V'chein nusach hatfilah b'shvon esrei. V'sein sachar tov gamkin l'nusbar. We say every day v'sein sachar tov. We say we ask in shvon esrei. Of course, everything we ask is latova. So, what does it mean mishalosin libenu latova? What does that mean every time we say in in shvon esrei? But he says again, because our heart, our, our, our eyes are, are short-sighted. Right? Why does it take, why is this uh, sickness happening? Why, does this, uh, why is it taking so long for this person to find the right uh, mate uh, in, the, in, the, in Shiduchim? Why this? Why that? Why Parnassah challenges? 
We don't know what we're asking. Is this Ra? Is this Tov? So we ask HaKadosh Baruch Hu, but then we add in Latova. It should only be happen if it's Latova for me. We're going to get some Tova, and then it's going to be taken from us. Right, so the challenge of Oni, but the challenge of Osher also. Right, the Osher of Korach was what led to his Machlokas. And therefore, we have to make sure that we recognize that we don't see, we don't have 20-20 vision when it comes to brachas and klalos in the world. We have nachas, we daven for nachas, but we know HaKadosh Baruch Hu is ultimately in charge of tova, and therefore that's what we say, v'sein sachar tov, only give to me when it is uh, tov. We mention also in other shiurim, uh, maybe that's the idea of shofar. There are many uh, rayas uh, in halacha that shofar is a form of tefillah. The shofar is a tefillah without words. Right, we do it in the middle of the Amida, unlike any other uh, mitzvah. Right, we uh, we we say Hashem is maven umaazin seder tkiasenu. He's maven. Hashem understands. How do you understand? Hashem hears. How do you understand? Right, there, there are other eyes also, but a shofar is a tefillah without words. The question is, why do we need a tefillah without words? We have tefillah with words. Why do we have a tefillah without words? Or Salvation explained because on Rosh Hashanah we're not taking any chances. We daven for everything that we think is good for us. And we say, But we also, you know, we also say, blow the shofar is as if we say, Hashem, you fill in the blank. We're davening. We're davening with all our hearts. But now you fill in the blank because you really know what's best for us. And that's the message of the shofar at the end of each. Malchias, Zachronis, and Shofros. We just did what we think is the appropriate tefillah, but Hashem, now you fill in the words, you fill in the blanks in order to um, make our tefillah the perfect ones that that we would like. Okay. There we go. A basic Yesodos Dik Sava HaKabbalah that can be said on many parashios. He says it here, right? The Torah tells us, Moshe Rabbeinu again is, is reviewing um, remember how you angered Hashem in the Midbar, Perak Tes Pasek Zayin, Zachar, one of the Sheish Zachiros, Zachar al Tishkach, Ez Hashar Ksat Hashem Lakecha Bamidbar, and then Ubechorev Ksatem Es Hashem, Vayisan of Hashem Bechem Lashmidaschem, what do those refer to? The Egel, Balosi Hahara Lakachas Luchos Ha'avanim, when I went up to the mountain to get the Luchos Ha'avanim, the stone Luchos, Luchos Habris, Asher Karas Asher Mimachem, that Hashem uh, gave you. I was there for 40 days and 40 nights. And I brought down and then on them were the Aseris Adibros as we, as we know. What's the emphasis? It says it here twice. But often when it says the Luchos it emphasizes that they were written on stone. Luchos Avanim. What's the message of Luchos Avanim that they were written on on stone? Says the Ksava HaKabbalah, Rev Mecklenburg. Yesh lehisbonein al mashehechzir kamapamim beparchezusha luchos hayu shal avanim ki malanu im hayu shal eitz o matachas. Right? What difference does it make? What the luchos were written on? What stone is the most permanent? And that's why it says it. I don't have to emphasize that so much. Ki tachles kavanaso kan lo chicham. Right? What are we leading up to here? We're leading up to the whole history. And then Hashem says, 
Vayomer Hashem Eli Kum Reid Maher Mizeh Shiches Amcha Asher Oseizim Mitzrayim Your nation has has uh, sinned Sorrow Maher Vayomer Hashem Eli Reisi Amshi Oreth Her I'm going to destroy them And Moshe says I went down Vayerev Inechatasa I saw Egam Asecha Sarta Maher And I brought and I took them Vashlichem And I threw them And I broke them Right, so what, what's the message of, of emphasizing that detail? Right, because this is all leading up to the fact that the luchos were broken, so we should just focus, Moshe Rabbeinu should focus here on the amazing elements of the luchos which eventually were, were destroyed. So is there something good about them being called avanim? Kigon luchos ha'edos, luchos habris, the fact that the raw material that were used to make them were stone, why is that such a such a great loss? You want to talk about how amazing they were, and then eventually they were broken. Okay, we understand that. But you know, what does that have to do with the uh, fact that they were made of stone? The stone description of the luchos here is not about the raw materials that they were written on. The avanim has to do with something about the inherent nature of the luchos. Aval inyano kiloshon misham roe even Yisrael. Right, Evan Yisrael is not about a stone. Shomru bobale alashon shoraso hayisod ho ikari shal pratov ki mahus ha Evan ki kibutz chelkecho shis achdu bolios etzem echad. A stone was made of a lot of hardened dirt and raw materials and sand that came together. Kacha yisod kol davar she pratov klulim umis atzmim bo lehis achidimo. Nikra Evan. Evan means a item whose different uh, elements inside became fused. It's a gathering of parts. That's what Luchos Evan. Evan is a gathering of parts. Velios, what's the gathering of parts? Velios Shaseris Hadvarim. Hem Yesoda Ikari Luchotari Mitzvahs. Right, this is a gathering. Aser, the sto- these on the Luchos are the Aseris Hadibros. The Aseris Hadibros is the coming together of Dibros, but as we've said often, they're symbolic of all the Tariyag Mitzvahs, as Rashi quotes from Sadiagon at the end of Mishpatim. Ki kulam nikbatsim umisachtim bohem. Quote of Rashi, he quotes it. Mishpatim. V'achein karam luchos even, klomar luchos sh'alem yisod kala mitzvahs. Gathered together in here is the yisod of all mitzvahs. That's what Evan means here. Vodia baze yoker v'godol erech haseres ha-dibros. And that's saying something that's praiseworthy of the luchos. Because this is Avanim, Evan. It's gathering together. The whole Torah is on here. And that's the uh, message of the, um, of the description of the Luchos in this regard. We know one Dibor is Nechlak to many different Pshatim, like a Kapatha Via So that is part one. Part one is that it's not about the material, but about the content. And stone, Evan, means a gathering of parts, and Aseris Adibros is a gathering of all of the mitzvahs of Torah. But now the Ksavah Kabbalah gets into uh, a little bit 
a little bit deeper. A little bit deeper as we uh, turn the page. He says... There are four types of stones. I Google this. Some have three types. Some have four types. There's different types of stones. Uh, if you want to look it up, primitive, ingenious, sedimentary, metamorphic. Okay. But the, uh, the Ksava Kabbalah, who is obviously also a, a scholar, not just a, uh, a Tamar Chacham, four types of stones, and there are four parts of Torah. From softer to hardest, right? Certain stones you're able to break apart and certain stones are, are so hard that uh, you can't, you can't break them apart. And that's, that's what's parallel here. So let's keep going as comparing the Torah to the Luchos. What's the difference between the different types of stones? How hard they are, and whether you could cr- uh, break them apart. How do you uh, scatter them? The way that you break apart one, you're going to need a harder material to break apart another. So too are the four levels of understanding of the Torah. To break apart an idea, to understand different parts of the Torah, it's connected to the four parts, the four types of rocks. How hard do we have to work to try to understand them? Here we go, line six. What's just called Evan. V'sharsho ben ben milashon binyan. Evan has the word ben in it. Ben is like bonet to build. Fem avne asadeh hamatsuyim biyoser. The most common types of rocks. V'rov tashmishan lebinyan. Most types of rocks that are found, they're used for building. Hey merkavos minchol va'afar. They're really put together from sand, from dirt. That's why they're called avne chol. Fem shamshim la'avne rechayim. Lamashko, most usages. They're used for uh, t- for building, for the uh, lintels. They're used for binyan. That's what they're called even from the word binyan bonet. You could cut them. They're able to be broken. Right? Karate chop. Right? They're able to be uh, shaped to size. You have a hammer. You break pieces. You want to fit them in and you want to use them for building. When you break them, the things don't shoot out so far. They're not so hard stuck together, and they're able to be broken. Like dirt and offer. And to soften them. That's pshat. Pshat in Paradise, the first level is Pshat. You don't have to work so hard to understand Pshat of a, of a, of a source. You have the words, you have the letters, you put them together, and one can understand. Um, people who are illiterate in the days of old, in his day, could be that women were illiterate. Uh, they weren't taught to read and write. He talks about, okay, that's Pshat. Pshat is the softest type of rock uh, that you could break apart with a hammer. Next, line 21. Sela is harder. Sela is a harder type of rock. It's made of lime. 
V'nigroim avne sid. V'harkavas elu ha'avanim yoser kasha v'chazak. V'min avne adam hasada. V'nim svukim kokach. There are different types of rock. They're not the rocks that are always used for, for binyan. V'chein kasha l'shabra b'akas ha'patash. A regular hammer might not do the trick. Unless you're strong. When you finally break it, it might shoot out very far. Because how hard you had to push down. And that's the second part. That's drash. That's drash, the second level that we are understanding. A darshan, focus on every word separately. You try to break apart the words from each other, like we had earlier. We had earlier with Echa read uh, Mimeni, Mimeni from the, the Bas Ayan. That wasn't Pshat, right? But that's a drash. You have to, you have to uh, separate uh, the words and, and analyze. Every word of the Torah is not just a happenstance. Oh, coincidence. Oh, there are tzachas, the yofi amelisa lovad. Veloachina milazu chaserah kind of makam akra An extra vav, mali and chaser. Rak ba kavana miuchedes. Hishtam shatra ba achas menatebos. Specifically, the divine author used specific words and specific letters in order for us to understand. And when we dissect, when we dissect it, it's, it's much, it's diff- more difficult than pshat. Pshat is easily dissectable. But drash is is deeper. And that's why it's related to a another type of of uh, of rock. That's number two. Number three, so we have number one is Evan from the word binyan. Number two is Sela. Number three, line thirty-seven. Sur. Sur is another type of rock. And again, you could parallel these to all the types of rocks that we know in nature today. Tzur is even harder. It's not made from sand. We have to go deeper into the earth to find this. It's not even made from lime. It's a pure type of undiluted rock. It's a different type of color. V'nikra even karni, sheyishpo gamkain, kalifin, kamosha matzim b'keren ashor. It has it has uh, layers. V'nikra tsur al shem shechelker kavaso tsru mudubakim zebezebiyosa. Tsur from the word sarur, connected. It, 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 the pieces are so hard together, so 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 difficult to separate. Ulechose kishuyo efshe sheyishchaz lasoso chad v'charif kesaket. Maybe you could just peel some of it off to make it sharp. But to, to, to separate it, it'll be harder, right? By, by uh, Tzipora. Vatikach Tzipora Tzor. She took a Tzor to do the bris milah. You could smooth it out. Right? Like for, for Shechita. Bakol Shochten in Meseches Chulen. Hinei lispotetus evan atzor tzricha akor bakor yoser gadol. Very hard. Kacha prima shlishi yipotor nikra remez. Remez. In order to break open parts of the Torah to understand the remez, that's much harder. That's harder. It's not just like the, what the words mean and separating and, and dissecting the words. It's the letters. It's the beginning letters, the ending letter. Maybe it's the gematrios, osios, riftos, eros, big letters, small letters, uh, uh, crowns on the letters. All of these are much deeper. And like you just uh, scrape. You scrape some of it because that's the most that we could get. You can't break it apart. You scrape some of it 
And that's like what is meant by this part of the Torah. And finally, It's the hardest. More than Sela, more than Sur, Chalamish. It's the hardest material that we know of. To break it apart, maybe like dynamite. You need to, you need unbelievable strength. Sod is, is impossible for, for, for most of us. For the Yechidi Skula, maybe they could uh, use their dynamite genius in order to, to do it. But we know these are the different levels. These are the different levels of, of Avanim and the different levels of of Torah. And then he skipped down to the bottom. Hisklam Kamapamim is Chumri Yosam, Luchos Avanim. Balakach Amar Kambalash and Rabim, Lachal Kol Arba Mini Evan. It says Avanim, not just Evan. Not just Evan, because it's Evan, Sela, Sur, Chalamish. Right, it says all of those to talk about the Hisachtus, and that is the message of Avanim. So Avanim, again, bringing things together, and that is a reference to the, uh, the Luchos, bringing the Aseris Nibras together, and then we have the different types of Avanim, that is a Ksavah Kabbalah to take. Okay, continuing, moving right along, we have Peregit Aleph, we have a word. Peregit Aleph, again, there's so much here to talk about in Akev, Yud Aleph, Yud Gimel. We have the word... Beginning of the second parish of Shema. Right? We have Shema, listen, Shema Tishmu. And we had it beforehand, last week's parish. Rabbi Sachs points out that it says Shema. That word in different ways, tens of times in, in Sefer Dvar, which we said is the greatest, most Sefer we have. And he quotes many stories where there wasn't Shema. And Shema wasn't listened to. Look on line 36 for a moment in life-changing ideas. Shema is one of the key words of the book of Dvarim, where it appears no less than 92 times. It is in fact one of the key words of Judaism as a whole. It is central to the two passages that form the first two paragraphs of Shema, right? Shema Yisrael and Vahayim Shema Tishmu. What is more, it is untranslatable. What does Shema mean? Shema Yisrael. Im Shema Tishmu. Does that mean hear, listen, accept, follow? Right? It means many things. To hear, to listen, to pay attention, to understand, to internalize, to respond. The closest biblical Hebrew come to a verb that means to obey. It means to hear and to follow through. That's Shema. And he says... In general, when you count a word in any language that is untranslatable into your own, you are close to the beating pulse of that culture. That's an amazing line. right? If you get to a word that appears in one language that is not translatable into another language, then that word must reflect something about the essence of that language. So if Shema is untranslatable, right? In the we could have 10 translations, that means Shema has something basic to do with Lashon HaKodesh. To understand an untranslatable word, you have to be prepared to move out of your comfort zone and enter a mindset that is significantly different from yours. You have to try to get into the mindset of the language of where you find the, uh, find the word. Right? At the most basic level, so, so what Shema? 
What Shema? So he says, Shema represents that aspect of Judaism that was most radical in its day. That God cannot be seen, he can only be heard. Shema. So many times. It doesn't say see. It doesn't say see. It says once in a while, re'eh, but that re'eh is talking about see the choices that you have in front of you. Not talking about Hashem. Time and again, Moshe warns against making our, or worshipping any physical representations of the divine. Right? It cannot be that uh, you can't see. Kodesh is not to be seen. Right? It's um, re'eh, as it says in the beginning of next week's parish, is just the choices. To this day in English, virtually all of our words for understanding or intellect are governed by the metaphor of sight. To understand. We speak of insight, hindsight, foresight, vision, imagination. We speak of people being perceptive, of making an observation, of adopting a perspective. We see. It appears when we understand something, we say, I see. This entire linguistic constellation is the legacy of the philosophers of ancient Greece, because it's all about C, C, C. Judaism is a culture of the ear more than the eye. Right? It's more about Shema. What does it say in Nigle in Shas? Ta Shema. Mipi Hashmua, he quotes from the Rambam. Mashma from here. Shema is, is, is major. And Moshe Rabbeinu is telling us throughout Sefer Dvarim, Shema. Right? Shema, that means to hear and to accept and to obey. Right? What Moshe is telling us throughout Dvarim is that God does not seek blind obedience. The fact that there is no word for obedience in a religion of 613 commands is stunning in itself. He wants us to listen, not just with our ears, but with the deepest resources of our mind. He wants us to hear and to try to understand. He wants us to connect, but not to see. I think we mentioned in the past the, uh, the Gemara in, in, uh, in Baba Basra, amazing Gemara, the story Rabbi Yochanan was once giving shear, and he said that in the future when Mashiach comes, the, uh, there are going to be major stones that are going to be used to lay the foundation of the gates of Yerushalayim. And they were huge stones. And one of the students gets up and says to Rabbi Yochanan, huge stones like that are going to be used to build the gates of Yerushalayim? That's impossible. We can't, we can't even find stones that are minuscule. And then, then it says, Liyamim, a few days later, this, this uh, Talmud was out on a boat, and he sees, he must have been a Talmud on a certain level, he sees angels, angels in Shamayim, uh, chiseling stones, huge stones. He says, what are those going to be for? And they say, oh, it's going to be for the gates of Yerushalayim when Mashiach comes. And he says, really? Quickly, take me back to shore. They went back to shore. He runs into Rabbi Yochanan, and, sa- and he says, Rebbe, Rebbe, darshan mor, kach noel ledrosh, you should darshan mor. Kamo amarta kain ra'iti. I saw exactly what what you are what you were darshaning about, and Rabbi Yochanan gets very upset. Right? If you wouldn't have seen, you wouldn't believe. You wouldn't believe. That's 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 not what we're about. And he gives him a look. It says he stared at him and Naase Gal Shalatzamas. Doesn't mean that he de- that he died. I don't know. Gal Shalatzamas. But Rav Asher Weiss explains what does that mean. The message. You only believe in, in what you see. That's not what, what Amun is about. We're about hearing. We're about Shema. And you can't see your Neshama either. And if you don't believe in anything other than what you see, then then because only the bones are able to be seen. But we're about Shema. Shema means listening and thinking 
and, and focusing on what we hear. Now back to the beginning of that article of, um, of, Rabbi, uh, of Rabbi Sachs. He says 20 years ago he was in, uh, at a certain conference uh, and there were people that were giving amazing uh, speeches. It was a glittering array of Jewry's brightest minds, academics from 16 different countries, professors from Harvard, Yale, Princeton, Israel's universities. It was a scintillating success and at the same time, a total failure. Rabbi Sachs says, he turned to his wife and said, the speaking is brilliant, the listening is non-existent. Because everybody was talking, but nobody was listening. Nobody was listening. Presentations that were amazing, lucid, coherent, but totally close to ideas that lay outside the radius of their preconceptions. Nobody was listening. Nobody was listening in that way. We have to listen. We have to try to do our best to be a, a nation of Shema. Not just a nation. We can't always see Re'e. We don't have a lot of, we don't have Re'e. But what we can do is Shema. What we can do is Shema. Turning to the end, listening to another human being, let alone God, is an act of opening ourselves up to a mind radically different, radically uh, other than our own. This takes courage. To listen is to make myself vulnerable. Right? Listening to others, that means I'm going out of what I, where I'm coming from, I'm letting somebody else's information and somebody else's feelings in. My deepest certainties may be shaken by entering into the mind of one who thinks differently about the world. But that's what we have to do. We have to listen. And that's what he says. The life-changing idea, listening is the greatest gift we could give to another human being. Just to listen. To be there, not even to answer. My mother, Harini Kaparis Mishkova, always used to tell, used to quote, um, I think she quoted uh, Woody Allen. She said, um, 90% of life is just showing up. Showing up and being there for a person. Right? We don't even have to say anything. At a shiva call, it's about just being there. We don't have all the answers to explain, but we, you know, we can just be there for each other, and that's what, and that's what life's about. Being Shema to Hashem and being Shema to others um, as well. Moving right along, we have the last thought for today. The end of Shema, the end of Vahayim Shemoa, we have them on Yirbu Yimechem Yimevinechem. Right? They will do this so that you will have long days on the land that Hashem promised to your forefathers. And the Gemara and Brachas tells us, so the Pasuk says, Beferish, that we're going to have Arifas Yamim in Eretz Yisrael. And that's why Rabbi Yochanan, maybe he was never in Babel. I'm not Rabbi Yochanan, or maybe he had been there a long time ago. Ikasavi Babel. Rabbi Yochanan was told that there were old people in Babel. And. He says, it's against the Pasuk in Chumash. I don't understand. How can there be old people in Babel? But then they explained, what do those people do in Babel? They're early into the base Medrash and the base Knesses. And they stay there all day and they leave late. He says, oh, now I understand. Now I understand. Right. So, so what's the pshat of this, of this uh, Gemara? So if you look in the Birchaz Yitzchak, explains uh, Rabbi Ganek in his Sefer, he didn't think there were elders in Chutz Laretz. Right? He saw, oh, he saw non-Jewish older people. What's the pella that there were? Well, what was he so surprised about? What was he so surprised about? Right? He wasn't surprised that there were zakenim. Ela kavanaso. What his kavana was to the elders 
that were people that they, they were they were spiritually uh, uplifted. He thought about the people who were who were so connected to Hakadosh Baruch Hu, and he said, "Could you have that connection in Chutz Laaretz? That connection of Boim Bayamim, the Zakanim that were that were fully fulfilled in Chutz Laaretz? How could that be?" And the answer is that they were Babati Knesios about the Midrashos, because Babati Knesios and the Midrashos they have that Zika to Eretz Yisrael, right? They have a Zika because Asidin, as the Gemara says elsewhere, Asidin Batekinesius ben Midrashos in Chutzlaretz to to come to the to Eretz Yisrael. So he says that's that's what made him recognize um, how they are uh, being fulfilled even in Chutzlaretz. Obviously, it's only a a future to be in Eretz Yisrael is the full uh, meaning, but uh, of this pshat. But because these batiknesses about the midrashos asidin lios achelag of Eretz Yisrael, that's how Rabbi Yochanan was explained the fact that they were zekenim boim bayamim even in even in Chuzlaritz. So we have to make sure that we have that connection to Ruchnius wherever we are. Um, and he quotes from Shalom Shvardron at the end. He says, "Kimei Shamayim al Haaretz." If we live a life of Ruchnius of Shamayim, it could even be al Haaretz. We could be we could be connected. Wait, one final thought. We'll just try to squeeze in, and that is the Chafetz Chaim all the way at the end of the uh, at the uh, the end of the parsha. Kim Shemar Tishmuron. If you guard all of the mitzvos, Asher Anochi Mitzaveschem to love Hashem Laleches Bechol Derachav Uladavkabo. And to stick with him, the Chavetz Chaim says something very sharp, uh, but 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 it pushes us, and that is this world is a world that we have to take advantage of. This world, you know what we can do in this world? We could climb up, we could climb up the spiritual ladder. That's what Olam Azeh is about. It's about growth. It's about Torah. It's about Chesed. He's Matsui. This is this world. In Olam Haba, obviously it's Nen and But there's no more growth that we do ourselves in Olam Haba. Rav HaMerachach, be another way to we'll have a seat and that'll be our seat for eternity. The Kama Mechitz now in this world we have the opportunity to learn, to daven, to do a chesed. It's all about becoming closer to HaGadosh Baruch Hu in this world. In the future, the only way we'll be able to do it is if others do it for us, our children, our our students, and uh, anything li'ilu nishmas, the person that can move them closer. But in this world, if we want to do it ourselves, it's got to be in this world. It has to be in Olam Hazeh. Shemar Tishbas Kol Have that dveikus. The Chavetz Chaim says, use the time, use the opportunities that we have in this world to be able to take advantage of every day. As we head towards the second half of Av, and we see Chodesh Elul on the horizon, let us all make sure that we take advantage of all the opportunities that Kodesh Baruch Hu gives us in Torah, in Tefillah, in Chesed, in Ben Adam Lamakam, in Ben Adam Achavero. Let us try to use all the opportunities that we have. And in that way, be marbek vot shemayim and get into Elul with a running start. Okay, we'll stop here. Again, next week there won't be a shear for Re'eh. And Be'ez Hashem will pick up uh, back in Beit Shemesh, Be'ez Hashem with Parshas Shoftim.